Hey, did y'all hear this story about this dude that smeared poop on this woman on in the Bronx? Yeah, man. What the fuck is happening? Imagine if that's you, nigga. No, but imagine you it's your wife. Because if it's you, you have to go through your own psychological impact. Yeah, because if it's me, he's not leaving the platform. Exactly. If if it's your wife, <laughs> if it's yeah, no, if it's my wife, I, well, obviously this this person is fucking insane. Right, but Only what do you do with your gorillas. wife when she comes home? Oh, and she that's... tells you what happened. What am, what am I going to do? I'm like, baby, wash your face forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> washing on the mouth? Uh, I don't know. At that point, I would rather kiss her booty hole for the rest of her life. That's how we'll greet each other from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been dope. (laughs) This is another episode of Decoding 40. What's up? This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is L.O., live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up? It's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up? This is Our, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> Hello, Google. I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just trying to play me out. Oh, I'm being a pack. <laughs> What's good, good people? Welcome back to another amazing episode of Decoding 40. I will be your host this lovely day. This is your boy L.O.Dot, and I am joined with... You got your boy Vin in the building. Hope everybody's out there feeling good and feeling safe on this beautiful Monday evening. This is Alaric. Hi, guys. What's going on? First, I want to uh, wish you a happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> 49 years old. Sounds and firecrackers. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty amazing. That is a uh, daunting number. I was thinking about. I am twenty eight years past the year where they said you'd be lucky to stay alive, living in mm. Brooklyn. Yeah. So here I am, still still thriving and surviving. One of the lucky ones. ones. Exactly. That's you knocking on fifty. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> someone get visited by the police. <laughs> That's you knocking on fifty, baby. Forty nine. Wow. Okay. You know. No, but it feels great. I don't feel forty nine. Definitely, forty nine seemed like it was an old people's number, but definitely mm-hmm. not uh, if I'm going by myself. So yeah, man. Thank you. I, I've I've had a great couple of days. I'll talk more about it in my check-in. Do we look? younger than our parents did or is it our eyesight failing us <laughs> i think it's a little bit of both because I, I remember my my when my aunt was 25 she looked like she was old right she was right. old but this goes back to what i was talking about last week when i uh, sat in on the class with my uh, daycare uh provider or teacher at that point i'm five years old i think she's like 30 40. Mm-hmm. But she has to have been teaching for 40 years. So let's say she's she's probably about 65, 70 now. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, she was already ready to kick the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> she's 175 years old. <laughs> right. She is so, 175 years old. Uh, age and our perception is is a funny thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But go ahead. Who, who's going to tell us about their week? I'll go first. Uh, week is good, man. I'm just... Uh, Finished up doing a, another 15-minute uh, video book, right? So they want you to send them fi- a 15-minute sample so they can see if they like it. And they run it through whatever their little screening test is, and they get back to you and say whether or not the author likes it and this, that, and the other. So I'm just still waiting to hear back from that. And I really got to get in my ass and gear for that as well. Um, other than that, just uh, chilling, man. Chilling, you know. I really don't have much going on, man. I, I I get up in the morning and and I watch TV. Oh, I just finished watching. Um, I know I'm like what, maybe ten, fifteen years late. I just finished watching Boardwalk Empire last night. 
Spoiler alert. Noogie gets shot <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Gave you no time to turn away, but yeah. Um, Years later. <laughs> actually, I haven't watched the entire series myself. No. Well, sorry. No, I mean, I, I do know most of the stories. You know, I even our... watched, um, what, what was uh, Jeffrey uh, Wright's character's name? Uh, uh, Dr. Something. Dr. Yeah. Yes. I because we we had Stephen uh, Hill on the show, so I actually yeah. wound up watching that murder scene. He gets shot first, I think. Yeah, he does. He was in about four episodes. Yeah, he's in about four episodes. Yeah, I I, okay. I thought he did. I I thought he was. He played being killed very well. But uh, but I asked you earlier if you had watched Saints of Newark, and you said you did. And we talked. I about did that watch that. That was. Um, I had had some time to think about some of your thoughts on the movie. Alaric, have you watched it yet? I haven't seen it, no. Um, Is it new? Yeah, it's the prequel to The Sopranos. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Is it a movie or is it a series? It's, it's a, a two-hour movie, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll watch it soon. I thought it was pretty good. I, I felt like they were packing a lot in just to kind of appease a lot of the viewers. Ben, you had a different take on it. I liked it. I, I, I thought it was entertaining. I think they did try to pack a lot in there, but it, it's the story that is basically uh, Chris's storyline. Right. It's based on this, what happens in this particular movie. So it's like, you know, when you when you know, when you when you've seen The Sopranos and you watch it, you get to close in those loops. Mm. But uh, it's good for like some mob action shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for Rick. So I'm just going to say oh, it's a good you. It's a good movie. It's a good a kind of softer, a kinder, gentler. <laughs> He's learned his lesson. Yeah, I'm not gonna ruin the movie for you since he said he didn't see it. That would well, be mean. I I don't know. Is this supposed to be a series of movies or is this on the only? No, movie? I think it was just that movie. It, oh. it could be a series. Like I thought, do. I think that would be a great idea. They could do a prequel to that, and I and I don't know. Maybe that's something that they're considering. They maybe they they you know they let the movie out and say, all right, well, no, I don't want to see another series. I want them to just release sort of maybe three or four more movies, movies to kind of lead up to where the Sopranos exactly and, and yeah. he becomes mm-hmm. an adult, okay. right? Because I, I don't I don't want to invest in another uh, Soprano series. I don't want to invest in any series for that matter, but not one that's going on for years. Like I like. If you're gonna do series ten episodes and wrap it up, that's it. Yeah, so you're you're a fucking microwave Netflix fucking spoke. No, it's just that I I have not not too many series I five to do two years <laughs> can keep my attention and keep that same energy after the first season. So have I don't. Have you I don't, watched uh, Ozark? I have. I I enjoyed the first I, two seasons. Yeah. Uh, the third season was like uh, um, the end left me kind of really. Yeah. Exactly. And I'll tell you the the funny thing about season three, I watched some of the recaps, saw the last episode and felt caught up. Oh, wow. So it was like, all right, this is not really kind of moving me. So I did watch the first uh, episode of the fourth season, I think, or part of it. You know how I watch TV. It's like I'm with my phone or laptop. I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough to get me to watch any subsequent episodes. Yeah, I thought the season was underwhelming. The first two were definitely good. It felt like something new and fresh. Right. But then it just felt like the close calls. There's, you know, all the close calls and right. just narrowly escaped. Now you're just repeating a formula. Exactly. You know what I mean? Now, and that's yeah. right. And that's my point. It's hard to sort of keep that momentum going. Yeah. After maybe the second season. Yeah. I, I you know, what show did that for me brilliantly? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is an exception. You know why I think it was different? Because I think it was written in reverse. They knew how it was going to begin. They knew how it was going to end. Mm. Sort of like, I know you're not, you, are you Game of, were you the Game of, you are not no. the Game of Thrones. No, 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 no. But anyway, how it had all of these things already baked into the story that they slowly revealed over time. Mm-hmm. And then you think back and you're like, oh, that's why that is, or that's why that happened, or this is what caused is what what happened two seasons ago is actually what's causing this to happen now. Like mm. this is how this person is motivated. I don't know, but yeah, not everybody can do that. Yeah, it's it's it is a, a hard hard feat to pull off. The oh, only God. movie franchise that I that I immediately thought of when you said that was the Marvel Avengers series. They were able to keep that continuity from the first Iron Man 
movie to okay. the last end game. Right. Right. Um, well, that was easy because they was already written. Right. But I'm just saying that's to me, that's even more difficult. You're talking about 22 different movies and all of them pretty much were, were pretty good. And they all sort of had a piece of the puzzle that right. led up to that final. Well, the reason why I'm not that it was easy. I shouldn't say that. Obviously, it's not easy to make those kind of movies. But I'm right. saying like the story is already created. This universe right, already but, exists. Yeah, but so you still have to tell it, though. And we've seen several movies that have been based off of either comic books or stories that have been written that fall short. And I'm just saying that I think based on I feel like a fucking comic book nerd saying this, but but based on their ability. Actually, comic, that's that's exactly why they, that's exactly why it went. Well. Actually, because they had a lot of actuallys on, on staff. Actually. They had a lot of actuallys on staff. Actually. <laughs> that's, that's how you make it. But yeah, sorry. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen that way. Oh, man. I'm, uh, so for the last uh, 10 days, I've been driving all over the fucking country. <laughs> I was in Roanoke, Virginia. Then I was in Kentucky. No, I was in Roanoke, Virginia. Then I was in Tennessee. Then I was in Kentucky. Now I'm in Maryland and I'm ready to go home. Now, are you on your way home or are you? I, I am on okay. my way home. All right. This is, this is just a quick pit stop because I drove seven hours today. It's, and especially because of these COVID protocols for this particular production, we have to drive in separate vehicles. So I'm not at least, you know, so you, you share the drive with someone, mm-hmm. the energy's different, right? You're on a you're, you're kind of on a road trip with a buddy, but when you're by yourself, it's it it can be very isolating. And, oh, and now I now I feel like I I know exactly what truck drivers go through. Yeah, but it did give me the opportunity to start listening to Vinny. You were talking about audiobooks earlier, and I've been listening to Will Smith's biography, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a, it's sixteen hours total, and I think I've. I'm, I got like maybe three hours left. It's really, really good. Mm. It's really good. It's, it's, it kind of brought to mind someone you kind of grew up listening to, watching in television and the movies. And you, excuse me, and you think you kind of know them, but you know, you really don't know anything about them. You, yeah. you really don't know, you know, and like he's, sort of like bearing it all his fears his his insecurities his vulnerabilities whether it's you know with his children his marriage marriages his upbringing and um very very illuminating and inspiring because he turned a lot of negative things into positive things mm. and um never was deterred from his from his dreams so um, I highly, highly, highly recommend, I, and, I, and I recommend listening to it. Is he Does reading he, it? He's reading it. Okay, oh, he's narrating. He's reading it. There is sound design. There's music. So it's really, really enjoyable. But listen to this podcast first. Then <laughs> I, I I am a big fan of Will Smith. I'm a big fan of what he's done his, in his career. I do like that he has been ultra transparent in the things that have been uh, either stumbling blocks in his life or uh, painful moments in his life. I actually used to say he's going to be the first black president, but then here comes Obama killing my prediction. (laughs) But yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, Will Smith. And I actually started watching, I think, I I don't know if I mentioned it, the remake of um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I have to say, I actually enjoyed it. You did? I did enjoy it. I'd enjoy it enough to pay uh, Peacock a premium price because I'm tired of paying for all these streaming uh, services. But once all of the episodes have uh, been released, I will probably pay for a month. You gotta yeah, pay I'll, I'll just pay, pay for a month. month. I'll pay for a month and then just watch it during that month. My wife pointed out to me the other day that with internet, cable, and telephone, that's almost $200 a month. This is ridiculous. Yeah, communication is incredibly expensive. That doesn't include the Netflix. Oh, we don't play for Hulu because we use her sister's password. And we don't pay for HBO <laughs> Max because we use my father's password. Wow. But 
it doesn't include Hulu and you know uh, YouTube and Google Music. Yep. Uh, Spotify. You know all of these other things yeah. that we're paying for. Like I don't know why we even have cable. I said this the other day. I, we were trying to find a movie to watch on HBO Max. I'm like, why are we paying for this? I've seen every movie that they have that they've released. I think all you need. I, I have Prime because the interface is shitty. But my packages, the delivery, I say the the amount of money I spend on delivery fees is tremendous. <laughs> and that's that 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 alone pays for itself. Prime Video is just a bonus. So I could I could live on Netflix, um, stolen you Hulu. I can live on Netflix, <laughs> stolen Hulu, stolen HBO Max, and uh, and Netflix. That's it. Nice. And let's cut off cable. Yeah, I don't even have cable, but yeah, I just use uh, Hulu Live, Amazon, HBO Max, Netflix, and something else. Pornhub. Yeah, Disney. What? Yeah. <laughs> Who said Pornhub? Who said uh, that? I don't pay for Pornhub. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm going to sign up for the premium membership <laughs> just to see, see what, see what uh, extra doodads you get. You know what keeps that? me from paying for that premium membership? It Who's being that? on my credit card. But... I think if you, I think you could get a free one, like you, but I just don't want to log into that. <laughs> <laughs> Something feels dirty about having a login. That's yeah, I agree. You got a screen name and shit. And now I'm leaving comments like Vin. <laughs> hey, be nice. <laughs> oh, be nice. And that's the end of my check-in. <laughs> All right, cool. So my check-in this week is, one, it's my birthday. I am very happy to be still alive and kicking it in these New York streets. It is wonderful to be able to, you know, celebrate it with my wife and my kids. Uh, we went out last Friday to one of my favorite, uh, I guess, slow fast food restaurants, Banchan, and turned my kids on to that, and they are, like, forever hooked now. Yeah, Banchan's uh, Yeah, Sunday, my wife cooked all day uh, brunch and dinner, and she cooked dinner tonight. So I'm, I've just been living it like a king. So, and I, I do want to thank everybody that gave me happy birthday wishes. I was pleasantly overwhelmed with a lot of messages and calls today. So, thank you all. But as far as my check in, I just have a quick one. I think I mentioned that I bought a juicer a couple of weeks ago. This is hands down the best purchase since my deep fryer. So I'm balancing my life where I have a deep fryer <laughs> and I have a juicer. Fried chicken and Fried fresh chicken juice, nigga. And celery juice. Yo, when I tell you... You know how healthy and, and cholesterol my arteries are? My arteries don't even know what the fuck to do. I'm keeping it balanced, bro. It is a bad... I'm not going to say the, the uh, brand name of it, but if anybody wants to know, just hit me up on my... Um, social media and i'll tell you because they're not paying for anything so fuck that uh, but so it's not, it's not a blender it's like a good it is a juicer it is a, a juicer. full-out juicer and uh, i was hesitant to buy a juicer because everyone talks about the cleanup but this one it's really easy to clean it takes about five minutes to just wash everything down scrub it so that that was a win but here's what i i have to uh a word of caution if you are going to juice beets and the fact that I like and enjoy beets now, my grandmother, if she was still alive, would be rolling in her chair because I could not stand the smell of beets when she would try to get me to eat them, trying to convince me that it was good for me. But she was right. But the smell, I just couldn't get past it. That said, if you eat beets or drink beet juice, when you go to the bathroom to eliminate this, you have to remember that you've consumed a beet. Because otherwise, you will be mortified when you look into the toilet. You will Nick, think I you have died. I, I got cancer. I got cancer today. The I got beat cancer this die. <laughs> right. The beat die is so vibrant, it looks like a murder scene has just happened. So, uh, yeah, I, I just had to get used to that. But other than that, um, I've been drinking kale and carrot and apple juice and beet and celery and turmeric. I've really been going out there and I'm trying to get back in the gym. I've been trying to motivate myself. I, I, I purchased another membership. Hopefully I won't let a couple of months go by before I actually see the gym, but mm. um, I'm just trying to get back, you know, I'm trying to get back to my dad bod yeah. <laughs> before this COVID body. So 
that's that's what I'm on right now. And um, like yo, said, let's, let's make a pact right now. Shirts off on our 50th birthday. Oh, for on sure. the beach somewhere. Sure. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm 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 with what? that. Oh my what? god! All right, I'm we got two. I'm not You're not going to the gym? Come on, gym. Drake, gym, gym, Drake. <laughs> I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> you know what? You got I, the I, most I, time before fifty. You got right. the most. You got time more time. Yeah, you got plenty of time. No, I don't. Listen, I'm lazy. Right, that's the whole. You guys point. understand something? I'm lazy. I don't like gym talk, gym business. No, I'm going don't gym, gym nothing. We don't even like Jim Jones. I don't want nothing with Jim in it, son. Oh, man. shout out to Jim right. Jones. No, but seriously though, I, I just I'm not motivated, man. I'm not motivated. I, I, I can do the eat better thing. I can definitely do that because I've been trying to do it. I actually have been doing it. You know, I'm back on my um um what's it black seed oil and uh, I'm feeling better. You know what I mean? So. I, I want to be healthy. I'm healthy adjacent, right? I'm healthy adjacent. <laughs> I know some people who are healthy. I know healthy people. I, I'll eat oatmeal sometimes, but for the most part, nigga, it's a four for four at Wendy's. It's a party, nigga. I don't care. Hate me. You, de- you I, re-downloaded those apps. I have not. Okay. Wendy's doesn't have a, a, a really good app, so I haven't downloaded Wendy's app. Wow. Don't play me, son. Don't 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 talk about my app. Wow. You talking about my app situation is disrespectful. That's hilarious. So you, again, again, you guys always cross the line. You hit the violators. <laughs> now you violate my fast food situation. You just stop it. All right. Well, like I said, I'm going to keep it light this week. Uh, this is Leon. That's my check-in, and I am done speaking. What's good, people? This is Alaric. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr. Did I say Tumblr? Fluor. That's new. It's brand new. Just came out. Fluke. Etsy. Pinterest. Friendster. Hamster. Ex-hamster. Oh, wait. That's my private account. Don't follow that. Were you a rapper? Did you rhyme? Nah, well, I wish. <laughs> I used to try. But really? no matter what, it always sounded like some cool D shit. <laughs> <laughs> How you like me now? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me. I was like, this dude seemed like he was spitting 16 in a cypher at some point. Man, listen, I'd love to. I've been trying to get some folks to do a um uh fuck the police 2021, 2022. Nobody wants to touch it. Hmm. Really? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think that um I think that for the most part, the culture is scared of the white man. Like, like our people, you think about what hip hop was and, and, and how revolutionary and how radical it was. That spirit ain't really here, there, any, any, ain't really present anymore. We're talking about harming us and we'll throw little jabs at the system, but nobody wants to all out attack the system, you know, in truth. We don't have those Chuck B's. We don't have those NWAs anymore. We got, um, this is a different, it's like hammer time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're, they're bought and paid for. Word. I, I think to a certain extent they're there, but they're, they're not also being heard because they, the system has decided that it's not a viable source of, of money. So we're not going to push that agenda. We're going to push whatever the agenda is right now. Cause I really don't listen to hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right now, I listen to I, I, I'm '90s Mob Deep, Nas. That's just me. Right you know, I'm an old ass motherfucker, so that's what I listen to. But I think the agenda nowadays is all it's a it's a you know materialistic, make money, you know, fuck bitches, that type of situation. And and we had that in our generation, mm-hmm. but there was there was a bit of a diversity there. So it was like different factions. You can listen to that music, or you can listen to this music now. There was balance. Yeah, now there's just one, you know, one spoonful but, but, of whatever the fuck they get. Wait, wait, wait. See, but that, hold, hold tight, hold tight. We already oh, got it. Yeah, you, maybe introduce. Let me introduce oh, it first. Yeah. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard uh, a fourth voice that you probably are not familiar with on this show. But if you have not been living under a rock, you have certainly heard this man on several social media outlets and media platforms. We have a special guest joining us today, Walter L. Newsom, better known as Hawk Newsom. He's one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, 
which he co-founded with his sister, Vani. Black Lives Matter Greater New York is a direct action organization that supports the liberation of Black of the Black community from racist oppression and white supremacist fuckery. A son of the Bronx, born in the 70s, Hawk is a human rights activist, a lawyer, a TED Talk presenter, a white supremacist slayer. His hobbies include smoking cigars and apparently defecating on popular alternative media hosts on the right. (laughs) (laughs) Eviscerating. Eviscerating. (laughs) It is an honor and pleasure for this man to join us. Let's get some bombs and some horns on this. Ladies and gentlemen, Hawkins. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yo, thank you for having me. It took us long enough to make it happen. I know, I know. This has been in the works for a long time, but I'm glad that you made time for us, bro. So yeah, so we were saying, Alaric, I cut you off. You were going. To- uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm just glad we didn't veer away from that hip hop conversation because it's my belief. Because at the time when hip hop sort of shifted, some of the biggest groups in hip hop were Public Enemy, Poor Righteous Teachers, Brand Nubians. They were some of the biggest selling artists, but the entire industry shifted away from that. So I don't think it was about numbers at all. I think it was directed that way mm-hmm. because they wanted another storyline. They wanted another storyline where they weren't the victims of uh, of people running up in the White House, of black people running up in the White House and uh, making different decisions. I think it's um, I think it's 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 interesting, right? Because it was truly a, a lot of revolutionary voices in hip hop. And America quells the voices of revolutionaries. Either they um, canceled us before cancel culture was a thing. They killed us. There was just always a way for them to shut us up. And uh, with hip hop, you know, I'm, I still listen to it. I, I was just listening to Moneybag Yo in my truck. I still listen to some of it. But um, right now, the culture is driven in a very negative direction. It's all this 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 shrewd capitalist. I'll kill anybody who gets in the way of me and my money. I need money. I need luxury brands. I need I need holes. Like it's 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 just it's 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 foul. It's 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 poisonous. Whereas uh hip hop used to give life once upon a time. Yeah. And um a lot of people say, well we can't uh be righteous or or, or positive because Nobody will buy that, but they take for granted that we dictate the culture. Black mm-hmm. people, right? right? Dictate what hip hop culture is. So if we wanted to get righteous and conscious, then the whole world would, would kind of fall in line behind that. But nobody wants to take that risk because they don't they you know, they think these white folks might uh ban them and they don't they don't want to mess up the bag. Like everybody cares more about money in their own, self, their own selfish game than they do about the people. And that's, we used, that's really we used to tell, we used to be the, the voice of, of what was cool. We used, we used to tell the world what was cool in our neighborhoods. Now it's corporations speaking back to us. It's in, it's in fucking reverse. They had these kids mm-hmm. taking pills and doing all the things that are detrimental to our neighborhood. They have it pointed back at us. And rather than us telling them, telling our, our our comrades across the country, what they're doing to our neighborhoods, which was what fuck the police was. That was L.A. speaking to us, uh, who we we didn't know anything about their living conditions. Right on. But it's no longer that message. Now it's the corporation saying, "Well, you mentioned this, and we need you to talk about that, and we'll support it." You, Absolutely. You, you get yeah, the big it's... distribution. There's a lot of money in uh, bringing black people down. Man, yeah, I mean. You look at you look at the situation with the NFL, right? Hip hop killed Kaepernick. Okay, um, mm. Kaepernick had a bunch of support, and everybody was with it. NFL had uh, uh, record lows in viewership, and everybody was on Cap's side. So they said, "We need to find us a new black activist to say that the NFL is cool." So Ruben and the rest of those folks got Meek Mill out of jail, right? Paired him up with NFL owners. He was infatuated and and, 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 and just caught all up in their money and their power. And now he became the NFL's number one ally. Then Jay-Z, Van Jones came into the mix. And then there was that Super Bowl 
where all of a sudden it was cool to be part of the Super Bowl. I think it was down in Atlanta. They brought it down to a coon town and all the black people wanted the party. And, and, and you know, I'm going to make some money, make me some money off the Super Bowl. You had uh, Cardi B and Meek Mill dancing on stage, right, at the pre-Super Bowl event. And Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, came out and started dancing with them. And everybody on social media was like, oh, look at this cool white man. But what they didn't realize is two hours before that appearance on stage with them, he was on Fox News saying he had no problem with Donald Trump or any of his policies, right? Yeah. And, and and here's a man, like, we were giving him a pass. And that's what our culture does. Like, we get so caught up in, 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 in wanting to be rich and famous and having white people's uh, uh, approval that we undercut movements that allowed us to be in a place where we are. It's amazing. I, it's amazing, but I think it's also seductive, right? Because Absolutely. I was I was thinking about, I saw your post um, about how we are sort of getting the, the, the glaze over our eyes about what's happening in Ukraine. But when it was time for the Palestine, Palestinian people, we just bombed Somalia. There is no coverage on that. And there's no coverage on a lot of things that uh, the pain has inflicted on black people. But I'm, we were just talking about this earlier. The narrative is all of these white uh, people in U Ukraine are heroes and they're superheroes and they're willing to fight and die for the country. But if you were to replace those images with black people carrying guns, then it becomes problematic. Absolutely. And black people fighting for their liberation is somehow so troubling that it always gets demonized in any capacity, which is really not shocking anymore. But it, it, it is it is a thing to witness. Yeah, um, I think once 2020 happened, once George Floyd happened, we definitely took a step in a more radical direction. Part of it had to do with Donald Trump tweeting at me and saying that I was guilty of treason, sedition, and insurrection. Insurrection. He called me a terrorist. Put a target on my back. We got. I got thousands of death threats. And you know, I can't call on the police. The police want to harm me too. So we started, you know, training. We started going down to Texas. We are proficient with, you know, assault rifles. We are proficient with handguns. We 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 really taught ourselves how to defend ourselves. And once we started speaking out and saying. If you hit us, we'll hit you back, right? Or, or, or black people should defend themselves. Then you saw like mainstream media kind of shy, shy away from us. Uh, we still get to interviews because it's almost impossible to ignore the work that we do. But I, I'll tell you, we had, they wanted to give us four billboards in Times Square, right in the center of Times Square. And uh, they had put together the proposal. They flew it up the flagpole. And I know what happened. They did some research and was like, not them niggas. No, 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 no. <laughs> right? So um, I got an email today from the model uh, UN, from the kids. They wanted us to come in and speak on, you know, social justice and humanitarian crisis or whatever. And we're like, all right, cool. You know, this day works, that day works. Then somebody jumped right in and was like, oh. We eliminated that part of the show. So it's um it's cut off a lot of um opportunities for us to sport, speak to broader audiences. But what it does is it our people are more receptive to a black power message, right? So we are right now, we're currently like, listen, black people have enough talent. We have engineers, doctors, lawyers, you name it. We have enough talent to build our own communities and to strengthen our own communities. We don't need anybody, right? Mm -hmm. If people want to do business with us, fine. They want to help us out with resources, fine. But we don't need any white folk in the middle of this telling us what to do or how we, we should behave. And uh, once we took that approach, not only do black people gravitate to us a lot more, but they feel empowered. And, and, and I'd rather do this for black empowerment than white approval any day. So um, I like the direction we had in there. I, I'm curious because you mentioned about the interviews and, and having platforms. Why, why do you continue to appear on Fox and other right wing media outlets? Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
One, I like to fight. A lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, when I, like, like. No, I was right. That is your other hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Slaying though. For real. Um, you know, like David in the, in the lion's den. David and Goliath. You know, Malcolm X used to dissect white supremacists on any given day of the week yeah. with a logic that as a black man, he wasn't expected to obtain. So I enjoy that. <laughs> Secondly, Republican outlets give me a chance to bash Democrats, mm-hmm. right? And these damn Democrats aren't any good for our people. They do a little bit, but they could do so much more. So they give me an opportunity to bash them and to put pressure on them. So when we got into that, tiff with uh eric adams you know liberal media was 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 like kind of shying away from me anderson cooper was was interviewing uh eric adams act like he didn't know who i was for real fam when you Mm. interview people from my organization all of these liberal media and, and talk shows was having Eric Adams on. The only people who were calling me were Republicans. And my sister and I went on a press tour and really pushed forward the agenda we went into the meeting with. As a result, now uh, Eric Adams is promising a record amount of money to cure violence groups. Those are the groups of former gang members, formerly incarcerated people who go into our community and de-escalate violent situations, right? Mm-hmm. So by us doing that on these Republican outlets, we have pushed members of the left further to the left. So it, it gives me an opportunity, even though they really just bring me on there to scare little white women. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> if you don't support us, it'll be these angry Negroes running things. <laughs> this is Hawk Newsome. When we not out here keeping our foot on the neck of this white supremacist power structure, we rocking with the code in 40. While we're talking about these these white right wing uh, media outlets, if if you went back and you listened to any of our old shows, I, I was critical of of something that you said, and I, I got to say, like we are ninety percent in line with each other, ninety eight percent probably. All right. Um, after hearing this conversation, but it was a there was some controversy about uh, Patrice Colors and and some property that she bought. There was a, a a story in the post. I think the post was the first to to drop this. Yeah, and they and they, and they quoted you in the column saying, you know, there needs to be a full uh, financial investigation into uh, where the money went. Now, my criticism of you was that at the time was that I'm sure he's familiar with Cointel Pro. Like they're using you against them to discredit the entire thing to make it all look bad and the only one that wins is the oppressor and then you know shortly after that episode i'm thinking to myself well look at the source of course that's what they're doing like the new york post is not to be trusted ever and so my question to you is what was what was the motivation there because i know that there's been some tension between between the black lives matter national organization and uh, Black Lives Matter of Greater New York. But I just wanted to talk about, wanted you to talk about that for a second. Not a problem. Um, so um, here's the deal, right? Those women hate Hawk Newsom in Black Lives Matter Greater New York. And the reason that they hate me is because Black Lives Matter leadership is supposed to be LGBTQ plus people and women, right? problem is they told everybody this about a year into the movement so i'm out here getting beat up by the cops i got spine damage i'm getting arrested i'm fighting donald you know we fighting in 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 january 6th uh january 1st remember the first when he was sworn in january 17th or whatever when he was sworn in we out there getting pepper sprayed beat up we losing blood and putting in work for this cause now all of a sudden y'all realize what y'all got y'all gonna tell us Black man has no place here. Fuck you. You understand? Now, respectfully, we had a vote and appointed a woman at the head of our organization. But at the same time, me, my mentality and the things that I say 
stuck out. So they didn't want Hawk Newsom to have a place in the Black Lives Matter movement, partially because uh, I'm a man. Another part is because I'm not beholden to the Democrats or anyone like that. Like we are black radicals and we say what we say. So when I got that call from the New York Post, I was like, wow, they really trying to make me come out against black folk. And I was like, I got to call you back. And um, I call my mentors because my mentors were the people I went to every time they would disown and discredit me. Now, you got to understand before it was us being too radical to be in the news, we would have new shows set up. We would have events set up and they would call people to tell them not to work with me. OK, Newsday ran an article on the fifth day, fifth year anniversary of BLM and they highlighted our work and had victims who we worked with from the day their relative died to current. And they were, they called and said, listen, if you don't take him out of this article, they said this to the reporter, Chauncey Alcorn, who works for CNN now, if you don't take him out of this story, we'll never give you another interview again. And, I, and he called me on some personal shit like, bro, I'm like, well, it's all about your journalistic integrity right now. You wrote the story because of my work. And if you choose to take me out, that's on you. You deal with that. So um, it's been beef, but I didn't want my pettiness to get into the way of the progress. Mm -hmm. So when I call my mentors, when when the story was about to drop about her buying houses and shit, she, they asked me, she and he, they asked me, what does your base think about this? What does your base think about? What would your base say about her buying these houses and doing these things? I said, well, my base, which is the people, which is the people in the streets, would want to know where the bread at. Right. They would want to know where the money was going. They would want to know why is she living a life of luxury. And even if she is, is she giving that same money back to the community? So that's all I said. What they didn't post was me saying, why aren't you asking the United Way, the Red Cross and the other in these? Why aren't you questioning the white run nonprofits and what their CEOs are doing with their money. They didn't run that for their own, you know, political reasons. But I had to think long and hard about that. But at the end of the day, I said what everybody in the streets would say, like, okay, where's the bread? Where's the money going? Is she giving this money back to other people? And um, a lot of people had a problem with me, but I don't speak for activism. I speak for the streets. I speak for black people. The, you know? the, on the only reason why I even had a question about what you said was because it didn't help us in any way. Right. And I felt like it was only servicing what the oppressor needed, which was to discredit not just her or the Black Lives Matter organization, but all of this activism, because now it seems like it's a money grab. And that that sort of makes me mistrust you again. Not not me and you, but black folks. That makes us not trust each other again. Because now, because I, I, what I felt like the approach should have been, I don't know anything about this story. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Because the public outcry for an investigation suggests that they have done something wrong and I'm on the other side of it, right? No, I think I think what we do in this movement is we push for transparency. And what I was requesting was transparency. And I think it did help us to say not everybody is with the bullshit, that there are more voices in this movement. Like this movement does not belong to Black Lives Matter Global. This movement belongs to the people. Absolutely. Right. This is it's it's the people's movement. You look at Black Lives Matter Global and they have 30 organizations. They have 30 chapters, 30 to 40 on any given day. Right. But you're talking about 400 organizations that march under the BLM banner. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is, it, you know, what really hurts us. And this is the in-house conversation. Black people's failure to organize. Let's let's get to the fucking point. What's really hurting us? What's really hurting us is that the NAACP, the Urban League, or Black Lives Matter Global can't push a button and call a national boycott. 
What's really hurting us is the black churches can't unify and push a button and call a national boycott together. The greatest mobilizers of black people, whether anyone wants to hear it or not, is the Democratic Party, which is ran by racist white people. And that's really problematic. That's really problematic. So we are truly stepping in a new direction with an organization called Black Opportunities that is ran and led by Black people, where we are very serious about helping Black people in communities across the country in those communities and really building an infrastructure for real civil rights at organization. Don't get it twisted. NAACP has done and continues to do amazing things. Other organizations do amazing things, but can't nobody mobilize black people but the Democrats. And I have a serious problem with that. If people really looked at this shit, right? Like BLM Global is an infantile organization. They we've and, and this movement has done more in six years than some have done in 20. But the bottom line is who is it benefiting? Like, are we moving in the right direction? Do we need to move in a way that's more strategic and efficient? And um, I'm just going to speak for me and, and my base when, when I speak out. You know what I mean? I was going to ask you, what is the path to liberation for black folks? I heard you just say organization. Community. How do, how, how do we build those bridges of community? in order to see the mobilization in our communities. All right. All. So um, we had an event called the Solutions Summit this past Saturday on 125th and um, Adam Clayton Park Boulevard. We came out, we bought, uh, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars in groceries, uh, fruit, produce, and we lined it up around the thing. Now, uh, what you got to understand is this is something that you could do. Anybody could do who's listening in that community. You, you give away some food, but when the people come for that free meal, ain't no such thing as a free lunch. So you're going to have to get this knowledge mm-hmm. before you get this free food, right? And what did that knowledge look like? We had a lawyer named Justin Moore, who's an outstanding civil rights attorney from Dallas, Texas. He represents the sister, the young doctor who bought her first check since she became a doctor of $16,000 to Chase. And they pretty much called her a nigger scammer, called Mm -hmm. the cops on her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that story. Right on. So him... And that sister came and addressed the people. We had a brother named Rashad Singleton who wrote a book on reparations, who came to talk about reparations, right? Mm -hmm. This is education, edification. We have my man, Nick Bezel, who was down with the uh, NFAC. He's a leader in the Black 2A community. He's with the Elder Geronimo Pratt Gun and Pistol Club, and they have chapters across the country. These are Black militias. So you had that angle. You had sisters from Divine Wellness who teach young Black women about self-love and etiquette and things of that nature. So we brought all these people out there to talk to the community. We're following that up with workshops every week of of April and it'll continue. We're doing street preaching. So what we're doing is we're going into our community, giving our community knowledge, inviting them in to give them job skills uh, and an education. And we're gonna do that here in New York. We're doing it out in Texas. We're doing it in Atlanta. Our role, our pathway to liberation is building strong community, empowering our people with skills they need to to thrive, and also talking to them about health and meditation and mindfulness. We are trying to heal our people and push them forward and bring them together. We've tried everything except unity. Mm. And uh, I know you like, nigga, how you talking about unity? You was just bashing BLM Global. <laughs> we, we ain't going to see everything. I, I, we ain't going to work with everybody. Well, you know what I'm saying? But that, that's kind, that, was kind of, that was kind of my point. Yeah. When, when, we're never always going to be 100% in line with the next person. Hmm. But dare I say black dev, people? I, you gotta, I, 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 and I said this on the show, <laughs> you got to watch out for the devil because he's got a plan. Mm-hmm. And when he tries to use you in a plan, you it's undeniable whether you believe in how they're proceeding or not, Black Lives Matter has made a, a tremendous impact, like you said. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that does to serve, oh, the only thing that does is, is serve to discredit them and discredit the 
any any progress that they're making, because whatever progress they're making may not be as far as we need to go, but it's still pushing us forward. Yeah. Right. I, I don't but, think that absolves them of accountability, though. Yes, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said that I, it's not about that. Accountability. It's not about that because you can hold them accountable. But when it's on that platform, it only services them. Bro, it doesn't everybody help. It ran doesn't a help story. hold them accountable. Everybody how is, how is ran a story, the, especially from, from the liberal public, to which is a printed the, Fox. Everybody ran a story. It's a I thing now. It. I get it's it. It's a thing. I get it. But how does it help? How does it help push us forward by jumping in? To because it's because it's their platforms, not in, our platforms. When you jump in, and you have one of the most notable Black Lives Matter activists in the country mm-hmm. saying we need to be transparent. Then people can look up and say, "Okay, everybody ain't with that bullshit." Which which bullshit? The bullshit of not because the story okay, was so about you, this woman's have, ability to buy and what you have in rental corporations. Property. I'm sorry, because the story was about her ability to buy rental property, and when would the, the rental property? She had a motherfucking airstrip, fam, nigga, a airstrip. So you telling me you telling me five hundred thousand dollars in Atlanta, fam? You can't buy anything in you from New York. You can't buy anything for five hundred thousand dollars in New York. You talking about her piece and her baby daddy and her wife off with a quarter million dollars a piece? It was some wild shit, and it's documented. I'm looking at the paperwork. I can't co-sign bullshit for the sake of the greater good. Does like she have somebody a, has does to she say, have okay, a job. Somebody is standing up and saying to do the right thing, right? You know, I, right. I just feel like if it was on any other platform except the post, I, I could feel it. Got you. But when it's the devil's platform, that is the fox in print. I can't, I I I can't because it doesn't, it does that doesn't help us. Fam, they're all the they're devil's They're not talking platform. to us. Right. That was, they're was, all the they're devil's platform. They're not, Hawk, if, if they were, if it was a message being carried to black folks to say, make sure they're doing the right thing, I could dig it. But mm-hmm. the New York Post is not talking to us. Okay, but listen they, to They what are I'm talking saying. to white folks who are in line with already discrediting what Black Lives Matter and your organization are doing. They're okay. just looking for an excuse. Here's the thing. The Daily News does the same thing, fam. Yes, I know. Okay. Now, if you look at Eric Adams, remove his color, remove any previous knowledge of this man, and just look at his policies and the things that he said. On paper, this man is a white supremacist fucking Republican, and the Daily News is not calling him out on that. And that's hurting our people. I I see it all as the same they're all playing the same game they're uplifting peaceful pc leaders and not giving credit to the young brothers and sisters who are out here fighting and dying on the streets for this movement like like you like the new york post is the devil but i see the same shit on cnn yeah like i can't separate the two fam but what I can do is I can manipulate them and use them to work toward an agenda for that, that benefits our people. So I wanted to step in, Joe, because I know you got to wrap up soon. But um, you're on our platform now, so fuck all those other platforms. All right. Word up. Black power. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Bishop T.D. Jakes. When I'm not trying to help souls, I listen to the Toad 40. Praise the Lord and boy, help them boys. So human rights activism, in my mind, it has to be an emotionally taxing thing. So what do you do to maintain your mental health? Man, listen, I'm a Christian. And um, before COVID, I was in church twice on Sundays. Like, that's my cleanse. Like, I go to God. I wake up, I pray, I read my scriptures throughout the day. And um, it's, it's hard because I got so much passion so much anger in me, but um, I go to God. I got two beautiful children. Uh, I got a son who's 18. I got a daughter who's four going on 24. <laughs> you know, I spend time with my family. I'm, I'm a big ass mama's boy, fam. Mm. Like you could catch me on a, t- at a time where people partying at my mom's house, watching movies with her. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's, it's family. 
it's 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 I, I don't have time for sports. I could catch some highlights, but it's 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 family. I play chess on my iPad. Um, God and um, I, you know, I got a beautiful girlfriend, and uh, that's that's about it, bro. Like cigars, like I don't I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Um, you know, I'm sober. Wow, six years, February 9th. Nice. So um, it's it's uh, it ain't really too much to me. I just I just try to lay back and chill. I get to a beach whenever I can, just so I can look out at the water. I like nature and I like to shoot guns. You know what I mean? Like like meditation comes in form of going to that firing range mm. and putting some bullets on target. I like this guy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the resident I'm the resident uh, Brown hillbilly here You know I got my right on. Like that. I like to go to the range And I'm, I live out in Jersey So we can get a little We have a little more leniency Than New York But where I'm at in, in New Jersey You know I, Like you said I find it relaxing I like to squeeze some rounds in I, I like the feel of the shit It's, it's, right on. it's, it's relaxing and gun smoke. Yeah, yeah, I can smell it. Yeah, yeah. see, see, see la- okay, so last week, oh, last week they was fucking with me because I was like, yeah, the smell of the, the, the gunpowder. They thought I was like losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife was like, yo, I think you need some time. <laughs> Put the guns down. Put the guns down. Stop wow. it. You, know? you, you want to hear something crazy? I know we short on time, but um, I got a friend. And and I don't throw that term around lightly. And he is a cop, bro. He is um his name is Tactical Call. He's a deputy sheriff out in Texas. Tactical Call is like a little crazy black G.I. Joe man. And when I was getting all these threats, I was doing research and he was the best trainer I could find, bro. Yeah. And um I'm a city kid, right? So, you know, we don't like getting dirty, we like being fresh. Ah yeah. ah. Bro, we went out there on a fucking ranch. He had us crawling in cow manure, crawling through mud. You got all kinds of stuff on your face. You dipping, diving, shooting, and it, it, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's just an experience, man. Yeah. And I think this, this, I think the, 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 you know, the Republicans don't give a damn about us, but they big on liberty. Ain't nobody going to tell white Republicans what to do in their country. <laughs> and a big part of that is their love of guns. They say, hey, we're going to protect it with everything we got. But somehow the liberals haven't convinced us that guns are the worst thing ever. And I think that's really problematic, man. Mm. You know, when when I've been a part of some armed marches, we went down to Tulsa for the anniversary, you know, the 100-year anniversary. And, you know, Jesse Jackson and all of them was over there singing and dancing. We rolled through with some of the new Black Panther parties and some of these Black militias. It was a thousand of us, sisters and brothers, with about 3,000 guns, bro. Mm-hmm. And we walked through that city. Let me tell you, when you're in New York and other places and you're not on them, cops be breathing down your neck. Itching to fight you, bro. When we marched out there, them cops wasn't nowhere to be seen. Mm. <laughs> All right. They start playing that fuck the police. We're going to have problems, okay? <laughs> just stay out of here. Just leave them alone. <laughs> leave them alone. Let's go get some donuts, guys. Let's get some donut and coffee. Box of Joe. Okay. We'll have a box of Joe and some donuts, some bear claws. And we can have you know, a party. we're just we're just trying to get home. Exactly. <laughs> we'll go ahead and get home. Then. I don't want any yeah. trouble. Exactly. No trouble. It's it's different, bro. When when you're serious about defending yourself, they treat you, it's a whole different respect they treat you with. Uh, you know, growing up in New York, guns were seen as something that was destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to develop a new relationship with guns, um, especially growing up in New York City and in and, and, and the inner city. We have to develop a new relationship with guns. But again, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. You got to respect the firearms. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. It's about respecting firearms and learning how to use them and not being afraid. Uh, to use them because it's not about like, again, you know, people, why are you getting, uh, listen, I'm not out here. I'm not in these, I'm not out in the streets running around with my cousin, in my hand. Mm-hmm. I keep my shit in the house. But if you yeah. come into my domain uh, unwillingly and, you know, I have time to get my firearm, I'm, I'm going to do what the fuck I got to do. Right. So that's it. That. 
You know, there was a kid who had the firearm legally, and and they yeah. came in his house with a no not warrant. Um, just recently, yeah, Amir, yeah, recently, Amir, Amir, Amir Lock, Amir Lock, Amir Lock, yes. Yeah. And it was a similar case in in Nevada, in Las Vegas as well. A kid named um, Isaiah Williams, I believe. But um, here's where you see the hypocrisy in it, right? Uh, folks, particularly white people, always discuss and advocate for their right to protect themselves in their homes and be gun owners. But when it's black people defending themselves in their homes, they have nothing to say. Right. Mum's the word, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the only time that the NRA was in favor of gun laws was when the um, Black Panthers took guns to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're never going to, they're never going to acknowledge it either. Mm -mm. No. That's why we got to build our own. And, and I promise y'all, um, like, you know, then I'm not going to be as visible for, you know, a, a small amount of time while we build this thing because nobody wants to cover us giving away thousands of dollars in food vouchers and giving toys and teaching our people. All this media I get, the first thing that they should say is, well, Black Lives Matter Greater New York founded a school in the South Bronx, the only true Montessori school in the South Bronx. Folks don't want to talk about, and this is liberal media as well, folks don't want to talk about the real shit we do, mm -hmm. right? Just really building up the community. They just want us singing and marching and complaining. They don't want to talk about that real community building stuff where we're talking about, okay, we need to police ourselves. We need to teach ourselves. Like we, we need to do everything. They don't want that message getting out of us because they make a living saying, Hey, you need us to advocate for you. Mm. So um, that's gotta be the direction we're going in. And, and, and let me be perfectly clear, all pettiness aside, I made my bones in this Black Lives Matter movement. We have done so much great work, right? But where we failed is meeting the needs of the community in the community. We've been so busy trying to convince white people that racism exists, that they need to do something about it. And one day, I don't know, in the last two years, I realized that white people know everything that's going on and they accept it. Do I think all white people are bad? No, but I think that they have not done enough to change this white supremacist power structure. Mm -hmm. So they have to be held accountable as well. Yo, <laughs> I just, I just want to say uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, for real. I have tremendous amount of respect for brothers who are on the front line like you are. My little criticisms actually mean nothing because you're doing more for the community than 99%. And I'm glad that we have someone like you on our front lines fighting for us. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, your criticisms do mean something because as a Black person, I have to listen to Black people. I'm trying hard. T.D. Jakes, you know what I mean? say you have to choose progress over petty. So I really be trying not to be petty. And I'm a petty nigga. <laughs> petty boots. Like, like she was after me for five years. And then when that happened, I was like, gotcha, <laughs> And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. The real reason Yo. behind everything. <laughs> Yo, honestly, uh, Thank you. This, as you said in the beginning, this was a long time in the making. Um, let everybody know how they can follow you. I know you said you're going to be incognito for a while, but how can people keep in touch with you and support um, the um, efforts that you're making? On Instagram, I am hawk h a w k dot newsom n e w s o m is a man e. I want you all to check out our website. We're still developing it for Black Opportunities. That's our new organization. It's The Black Ops, O-P-T-S, theblackops.com. That's it. Mm. Black Ops. We're building our own Black thing, our own Black government of sorts. And we invite you know, all of you to be a part of this because this is our way of moving us um, forward to the future. You know, my email, my phone number actually is on my, my Instagram page as well. Y'all want to reach out, hit me up. I'm always available. 
we putting up the schedule. So if y'all want to see us in the streets, we'll be street preaching and giving out food every week. Y'all come check us out, grab a bag of groceries and grab some knowledge and, you know, chop it up with us. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. You guys remember school days? Yeah. You were like a real live Vaughn Dunlap uh, dap. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> exactly exactly when i think of you i think of that that scene That's um, my sister said i need to get a kofi she said <laughs> <laughs> yo yo um ladies and gentlemen this is hawk newsome and he is he is one for the people and i appreciate you taking the time to talk to us brother yo That's if right. i leave you with one thing right when something pop off right and 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 you do you believe I should be talking to black folks first? Text me, email me, and we'll get it out there early. And y'all had a story. That's what's so awesome. we push that out to the people. Real shit. That's what's up. All right, brother. We pray for your continued protection. Right yes, on. Hey, Keep that Glock stay clock. dangerous. Keep and, that Glock cock, baby. <laughs> I jump, the the suburban, I jump in the suburban. I jump in the suburban. Come out to Jersey. We can do some shooting. Let yeah, me know. Man, listen. Let me know. Yeah, you, that real. is an invitation. He will make L- sure you. I are. will listen. Listen. We can I'll cigars, brother, and guns. Yes. We did this two weeks ago. Yeah, we did this two weeks ago. Yeah, we did two weeks ago. Telling you, we went. We we went to the range out in uh, out in um in Jersey, and we hit up the cigar bar in um in Newark, New Jersey, and they got a private range for the. You know, membership. I got membership there. Man. Let me know, son. We can go out there and uh, bust some guns. Let's Listen, do it. I'll only shoot at white targets, though. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yo, uh, we we have more of the show to finish. Otherwise, I would ask you to uh, stay on. But um, right on. I do want us to. Yeah, I want you to yeah. come back. We got another project that we're working on, and I would love for us to be able to help support what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Be blessed. You too, man. Peace, peace. Great interview. Not to toot our own horn, but okay. Uh, We want to wrap. We did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) We did a good job. You did a good job, Brownie. Uh, (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been L. O. Alaric, Alaric, and Vincent. C. And this is Decoding 40. See you next time. Peace. 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 Decoding 40.